Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hapner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cuno. And we are getting closer to warmer weather, which Finally. means we have a really fun event that happens in June at Leader Dogs for the Blind. And that is our Bark and Brew. Oh, I thought you were going to say my birthday. Oh, and your birthday. Wow. I guess it's the same day, right? <laughs> birthday month. That's birthday right. Month. June. I know. It's- Bark and Brew is coming up. It's a very, very fun event that takes place in Rochester. Um, but it just so happens to be on my birthday, June 10th. Yeah. So I like to think that it's Bark and Brew slash Leslie's birthday party. Yeah. It probably, I mean... You could throw your birthday party at Bark and Brew. I'm assuming you guys are all There's working be on a, a sign. And yeah. Yeah. Well, You'll um, all be serenading me at some point. I will. I'll talk with some people. and I, I can't believe this isn't already in the works. You know <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll figure it out. Maybe it is. And maybe I'm just oh, hiding ooh, things. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. That's yeah. a good idea. You can't know. You're yeah. just trying to I make things happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, now my expectations are going to be pretty high. Oh, uh, don't make them that high. <laughs> but and you know what? There's going to be beer for you there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, for me? Yeah, That's for so you. Yeah. Oh, my God. You'll just have to buy it, but... Got your whole kegger, you know. Yeah, whole kegger. Thank you. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. Well, this year we actually changed locations from last year. So if you were at the event last year, we're actually now um, near Rochester Mills Brewing Company. So mm-hmm. we're kind of in that area over there, which is super cool because that's actually where we did the Frozen Paul 5K was in that same yeah. area. So um, if you were there for the Frozen Paul 5K in the snow. You can now come in the summer, have some fun. There's inflatables, beer, if that's your thing, music. Yeah. Food, dancing. Yeah. Lots of kids stuff, which is really fun. I took my kids last year and they loved it. They yeah. were doing this like rock wall climbing. There was like a bounce house thing they were running through. Other random games. I had no idea. It was yeah. really fun. I climbed the rock wall. We we know. <laughs> <laughs> we know <laughs> it is it is really a very fun event and you know you can come stay all day or you can come and go um but we have a wonderful time so yeah and then you know of course this year it's my birthday so it's going to be extra <laughs> yes fun leslie how old are you turning do you want to share or no you don't have to i am proud to be turning <laughs> 36 years old this there year yeah yeah living life there you no go. No complaints. I'm very, very fortunate. Loving it. 35 mm-hmm. is good to me. I can't imagine that 36 is... Mid-30s. You know? Yeah. Closer to 40. Yeah. When we get closer to there, <laughs> I might be like, well, yeah. a little more... Actually, no. I mean, right? The, it's a blessing to get older. Right? It's You weird. have more knowledge. Uh, I look... <laughs> I mean, there are some downfalls to me. I learn a lot. I will say I learn a lot from Leslie. She's been here uh, a lot longer than me. She's older than me. So I always ask wisdom. her for advice. Why? She loves She's, pointing that out a lot. Does she does really love to point... We are not that far <laughs> apart in age. I do want to be clear. Five years. A hand. That's it. One hand. It's fine. Well, I learn a lot from everybody in my life. Okay. okay. I don't know. I'm just trying to make it sound better. Anyways, <laughs> well, Bargain Brew, June 10th, Leslie slash Leslie's Thank surprise you. birthday party. So bring her a gift Thank you. if you're there. Yeah, I love gifts. Yeah. Or buy her a beer. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Just make sure Brian is driving you. If yes. Everyone's going to now be buying you a yes, beer. Yes, So That's usually the plan anyways. Yeah. Because it's a long day because we usually work the event too. Yeah. So it is. And I 
and by work, I mean it's, it's we volunteer so much fun, and then we get to enjoy it. Yeah, that's the nice part. And is, we get to chat and meet people. And yeah. last year we wore our taking the lead T-shirt. Are we doing that again? Obviously. Okay, good. And so many people just came up and introduced themselves and said that they listen, and it was just it was fun. It was really really fun. So yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, but today, our guest, this is honestly so, so exciting because we have been trying to secure today's guest for quite some time now, and we absolutely jumped on the opportunity to have her while she is actually here in the United States. Yes. Tamara is a volunteer at the Red Cross in Spain, and through a collaboration between the Spanish Red Cross and the Spanish Organization for the Blind, ONCE, she comes to lead her dog from time to time to be an interpreter during class for clients who are Spanish-speaking and travel here from Spain to get a guide dog, which is amazing. Tamara, we're really excited that you're here today. So can you tell us about the uh, Spanish Red Cross and what this own say is? Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited that we finally made this happen, and I'm excited to tell you guys a little bit more about myself and about the work I do here. So ANSE is basically the National Organization for the Blind in Spain. It doesn't only include blind people, also people with other disabilities, but they started out helping all the Spanish blind people. And now they're basically in charge of uh, making the services for them better. And one of the services they have is sending some people over to LeaderDog to get their guide dog. That is amazing. And it's so great that we are an inner, I think some people don't realize that we actually serve internationally. Mm -hmm. um, so what is it like? I mean, that is a huge thing to go across to another country to get a guide dog. So what is it like for you to have that opportunity to come to Leader Dog and be their interpreter during class? Oh, it's an amazing experience for me. I meet the guys I travel with the day before we actually travel to the United States. Before that, we usually don't meet. Maybe we text a little bit to if they have some questions, but we don't really meet or get to know each other. So the day before we meet up and then we come here and it's all excitement and nerves and all the emotions from happy to nerves and scared and everything in between. But it's amazing to be able to experience this with them because it's such a huge step in their lives and it just changes. And I'm so honored every time I get to be here that I get to be part of that process for them. And what a lot of responsibility, goodness. So like you're going out with all of them on all of their walks and interpreting for the guide dog mobility instructors, also during meals and downtime. I mean, how how do you do that? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm with them 24-7, so uh, I stay with, in the residence with them as well. So whenever they need anything, they know they can reach out to me. And it's awesome, usually... We try to bond, and especially since we're all away from family with the time difference and everything, we do connect a little bit more than I feel like maybe the American clients who are here or the North American clients, because we don't have much more around here than each other. Mm -hmm. So we do connect and we do try to bond, and I try to make the best of it. And like I said, it's such an amazing experience. I get to enjoy it every time. Well, as a client, I've seen this firsthand when I came for Leader Dog for the first time for my O&M. And then come out back for my guide dog. Uh, there was large classes back then. Uh, there'd be anywhere eight to ten international people uh, from other countries, and it was exciting to see the interpreters working. And we, as a client, we got to kind of in intermingle with these people and 
kind of, you know, have fun with them, and they were having fun with us. So this is a great little program that Leader Dog does. What's it like for you when you've got maybe two or three clients that week? You get to walk a lot, I'm sure, because you get to go with individually every time. So what's that like to interpret what the instructions are to the client? Well, I do try to get a little bit in shape before I get here because (laughs) I get to do one walk and I get to do one walk with each one of them. So it is a bit hard sometimes, especially if they're fast. Like the people I'm with right now are very fast. So I actually have to run a little bit to catch up to them. (laughs) So that's a little bit more challenging sometimes. But I mean, it's just uh, we try to do the best we can and most of them try to understand a little bit of English. And by the end of the time we're here, they pick up on a lot more than when we get here. So it does get easier gradually for me with the commands and the translation. And how many times have you done this? Like how many times have you come to Leader Dog to interpret? Right now, it's my fifth time here. Oh my gosh, Tamara, I did not realize it was five times. Yes. And how many years, I guess, in it was that five times between? Well, I started in 2017. That's when the first time I got here, I was uh, at the Red Cross then for a year and this opportunity came up and I just jumped at it. And that was my first time. The next time was the year after that. So 2018. And then in January of 2019, I came again and I was supposed to come in 2020, but a great thing about the pandemic happened. So they had to cancel that. And then the first trip from internationals that uh, happened again after the pandemic, I came as well. And that was May last year. So those were my four times before this one. So almost once a year besides that pandemic year. That is amazing. So you are a volunteer. So you are taking your own personal time. What keeps you coming back? Well, it's those experiences with the clients. Like they... I see their life change day by day and I see how they grow and how they connect with their dog and how they enjoy that change and how they get emotional when they realize that they can do something that they weren't able to do before. And that just fills my heart and that makes me come back every time. That's awesome. And so when you're here, do you do you get some downtime? Do you get to go explore and travel a little bit? Because it's a rigorous schedule. Yes, it is. I enjoy just being out with them because we do go to very different locations. So I enjoy that. And then I try to, or some people try to give me a day off. We usually do have a Spanish-speaking volunteer who is very kind and offers to substitute me for a day. And that's awesome because that day I get to kind of relax and maybe meet some other people that I don't get to see during class. So that is amazing that someone is willing to just spend an entire day doing my job. Yeah. And I know that some of the words we use um, for our dogs in the English language probably doesn't translate that well into um, Spanish. Is there any words that are difficult or that you've had to like adjust, I guess, for our Spanish-speaking clients? Well, I do try to make it as similar as possible. And sometimes there are some terms that I kind of explain to them so they have a better idea of what it actually is because we don't have the exact same word in Spanish. So I try to explain the actual thing or explain the actual command. But yeah, that way they pick up what they have to do. And then when they actually use the command, they know exactly what it refers to. So what are the biggest differences from, you know, uh, here in the United States, we have ADA laws and stuff like that. What is it different down there in Spain for a client that would like, you know, come from Spain? It's different than here. 
Well, I don't think they're very big differences regarding everything that has to do with guide dogs. They are pretty much allowed to be everywhere except for maybe ICUs and stuff and places that have to be sterile. But aside from that, they do have very good laws regarding that. And people, I'm sure it's the same over here, but they do run into some problems from time to time. And ANSE tries to support them as well. And through ANSE, they try to keep everybody in touch and they try to keep everyone informed as well about changes and they keep everyone up to date on everything. That's wonderful. So I'm curious, you know, here you're interpreting for guide dog clients, you're working day in, day out, because there really is no downtime in guide dog class, especially for you <laughs> when you're interpreting for three or more clients. Um, but I'm curious, what is life like at home? What do you do when you're when you're not at Leader Dog? Well, when I'm not at Leader Dog, I work at a call center for a different hospital. So we manage everything that goes from appointments to surgeries, any questions patients may have. And I do that part-time, and then with the rest of the time, I try to do as much volunteering as I can at the Red Cross. I work with kids a lot, and a lot, and we do have a lot of immigrants from Ukraine right now, so we're trying mm. to help out those families as well. Just basically helping whichever collective needs the most help at that time, and I do try to help out wherever I can. And since I have quite a bit of time, I do try to spend a lot of time there, and then just family and friends enjoying the, the time I have off. Yeah. And I have to ask, because I'm just curious, what are some cultural differences? Like some things, maybe you came here for the first time and you were like, whoa, they do this. This is weird. <laughs> is there anything like that um, when you came here to the U.S. and Leader Dog for the first time? Yes. Well, I like that a lot because every time I get here with a new group, I get to experience that through them over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> so it's very nice to notice those differences. Like, for example... In the dining room, there's always one table that's the loudest, and that's probably the one from the internationals. <laughs> Whenever we all get together, you can exactly know where we are because you'll always hear us around here. <laughs> so I feel like that's a big difference between the internationals and maybe the the North Americans around here. We are very loud. That's so funny. I love that. Um, and so you're here, you're interpreting do and you you spend so much time with the clients while you're here. Do you maintain those relationships like after you get back home and do you, do you travel with the clients back home? Yes, exactly. The day we go back, I travel with them. So instead of being in charge like right now I'm with three clients, going back I'll be in charge of six souls plus my own because we'll have three beautiful dogs with us as well. Right. So we have to get through that entire process all of us together. And I do get to travel back with them. And the day we get back to Spain, uh, during the morning, we go back to Anse, who welcome us and who give us a nice little talk and a welcome. And then it's time to say goodbye. And that's the hardest moment of every trip because we bonded so much over yeah. the last weeks that we've been here. It's been so intense. So then to sort of rip us apart is always hard. But we know that's something that is bound to happen and... We try to take it the best we can, but yeah, we, I do keep in touch with them and people are always happy that I get to come back because they get to relive their experience through my stories with a new group. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I try to keep everyone up to date and they always enjoy it so much when I come back and they ask me to bring stuff back that we only have here in the United States, like treats that we don't have. So their dogs kind of remember their time here Aww. and it's great to be able to keep in touch with them. I wouldn't thought of that. That's really cute. Yeah. So when clients go home, sometimes they have problems with their, you know, minor problems, issues with their guide dog. So if somebody in Spain has an issue with their dog, how do they 
do they go through you to contact Leader Dog, or how's that process go? Yeah. So at Onsay, they get an assigned instructor from Onsay. They do have a guide dog school there over over there as well, and they get a set instructor. Uh, we actually meet that instructor before we come here, so they already know that they'll have a, a reference person when they get back home. That is great to hear that there's so much support there. And, you know, I can't imagine for these clients, I'm sure it's like some of our U.S. clients that this is the first time they've ever gotten on an airplane, they've ever done any of this stuff. So tomorrow, I know this cannot be easy, you know, dealing with these emotions. So what are some of the hard parts, um, you know, of working with these clients who are going through this emotional journey? Well, I always like to think of it that the hard parts make the beautiful parts even more beautiful. So I try to enjoy those harder moments as well. And people know that I've been here before, so they find it kind of comforting to know that I've been through that process. And I try to make them stay a little bit positive because, like you said, from time to time, it's really hard, especially if everyone around you is doing well and you're struggling a bit with your dog or with whatever the problem is at that time. It's hard, but... It's also because we're usually pretty united as a group of internationals. We try to get each other through it. And I also I always tell them that it's not them and me. Like, we're all in this together. We're a big group. Like, even now, it's not just a group of three plus one. That's me. It's just the four of us. And we try to get through it together the best we can. I love what you said, that you, the hard parts make the beautiful parts more beautiful. I think that's a great way to look at it because... You can't see the beautiful parts without going through those hard parts. Yeah. Exactly. You don't really appreciate them as much, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that's great. And so I'm curious too, you said you maintain these relationships with individuals and stuff. What about with the guide dog mobility instructors? Because you really spend so much time with, and, and the thing about class too is class is an incredibly unique experience for everybody because you're everybody's spending so much time together. So all of the clients, all of the guide dog mobility instructors, any interpreters, the kitchen staff, the RAs, like you kind of form this really unique bond because you're the only ones going through it together. Um, And so sometimes you get like the goofies and there's all of these inside jokes and like at the... um, client celebrations, usually at the end of class, everybody kind of, or some people stand up and share, you know, their experiences, their stories, the things that happen. There's always, always inside jokes. But what is it like being able to build these relationships with our guide dog mobility instructors as well? It's amazing to go through that entire process with them. They are so professional and they always try to help us as much as they can. They go above and beyond. And I think every time I get here, I get this weird feeling that I come back home. It's my second home and Mm -hmm. I get to see a mix of family and friends. And it's exactly like you said, like it's not just the uh, instructors. It's also the staff around here. It's always a big party when I get back, big hugs. And I feel always so welcome because people are genuinely happy to see me. And I also feel so nice when I get to be back. It feels like my second home. Yeah, it's just like one big fam- like one big family. It never stops. I mean, you can be there like me when I went back last year. It's been two, three years, and it just feels like it's all just back, back and home again. So it's a great place. 
And it is. It's just so unique. I was talking to Alyssa, one of our guide dog mobility instructors, who's now on my outreach team with me, about class, because that's one of the things that she, you know, switching into her new role, it's like, I'm going to miss class. It's exhausting. And it's, you know, one month out of the year, sometimes multiple months out of the year for our, our team who really have to dedicate every day, every evening to our clients. But there's such a such a fun energy that comes along with it, right? Because you're giving somebody independence and you're teaching them this new way of life and and providing them their new companion. And so it is so unique and so fun. I can imagine that coming back once a year and kind of reuniting with some of the instructors as well as just bringing a new group into it, that's gotta be so exciting because they don't know yet, right? Like what's gonna happen. They have an idea but you know, you know what it's going to be like for them to get there and kind of join the leader dog family and get their new companion. So that's got to be super fun on your end. Yes, exactly. And I always tell them that I can tell them a million stories, but I they will not get that feeling through me unless they live it themselves. So I always try to kind of answer their questions they might have, the bigger questions. And sometimes I don't answer those questions because <laughs> I want them to live through it and to have to have that experience by themselves without my information being in between. Yeah. And of course, when there are uh, worries and when big questions happen, then yes, I'll try to answer them. But sometimes it's also nice to not have that information and just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I love that. And I'm a little jealous over here because I'm the only one <laughs> that You've has never not done been class. class. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done guide dog class, but I think camp is very similar in the sense that it's so many hours. I mean, camp are really, really long days. We're going from like 7.30 to 11 in the morning to like 11 o'clock at night sometimes later. Um, but you do, you get like the giggles. Like that's my favorite part about camp too, is just like you're spending so many hours together with your team members that you start to kind of all just go insane. Like one little thing, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, but it's like the best, right? Because you're with your people and only those people get it. Yeah. And so you find yourself in this little bubble and like things will happen and you just, you get the giggles, I think is maybe the only way to put it. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's so unique and it's so much fun. And then you throw in like the clients or in my case, like the campers and they bring so much personality to it. And they, like, we talk about stories from years ago of, you know, different things. Like I remember a camper who, um, did beatboxing for the talent show that will live as a core memory for me because she did such a great job and we just all were la like everybody was laughing so hard it was so funny and so anyways I just think that class is so cool and I'm sure it is amazing to come and just really dive in with everybody and be a part of such a cool team it is it really is and just to live through that moment with everyone because every experience is different for everyone but it is something that unites all the clients and that will that's something that no one will ever take away from them. And it just, it fills them. It really is a beautiful moment. Yes. And so what's the future like for you? Are you going to continue coming back? Hopefully, if they let me, yes, <laughs> for sure. Whenever I can, I'll happily give up my vacation days to come here and to enjoy this experience over and over again. Yeah, so that's crazy. So you use vacation time from work to do this? That's tomorrow. That You are giving so much. Yes, well, I get so much in return as well. So I happily do it. And I always tell my family and friends who don't understand why I keep doing this over and over again that it's the trip that gets me to the end of the year. So once Aww. a year, this is the me time I use to 
fill my battery up to the top and just enjoy the experience. I absolutely love that. Now, Tamara, have you ever been up there in January to do that? <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> oh, my I Lord. actually was in January. Uh, it was 2019 that I got here. And it was very cold. Even the dogs started complaining during that time because they did not want to go out. So you can imagine the Spanish people did not want to go out either. Yeah. But it was rough, but that was also special to live through it with them because it was something that will probably never happen again in our lives. So it was also something to enjoy and to remember. And what a knowledge you probably have built, right? So doing this five different times, like... Not that you're a guide dog mobility instructor, but you're probably pretty close to have like, you know, witnessed everything and seen clients go through different things and all the different training techniques and models and things like that. Because you're really probably supporting, I would imagine, through the airport on the ride home, right? Like that's their first trip independently. Um, So I would imagine that's a lot for you. Correct. Yes, it is one of the rougher moments during class. But like you said, I've been here before. I've been through it before. And I do try to get advice from the instructors before we leave. And Mm -hmm. I try to prepare everything so it goes as smooth as possible because there's already many nerves involved. So to add up to it, it's not something we want to do. So I do try to prepare before and I just go for it. And luckily the dogs are great and they travel pretty great as well. We never had any major issues. Knock on wood. So yeah, it's, it's an awesome experience. And when we get back... Everyone's very happy that they lived through it, and we're all happy to <laughs> be safe back in Spain. Yes. Well, this was so great. Yes. We've learned so much from you, and we are so grateful that you took time, because you are in class right now, took time out of class to join us today. Yes. Thank you so much. What an incredible thing that you are doing, and to give so much time, and thank you for being here and all that you do. It's absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for everything that you guys do because you give us a little peek inside of the leader dog world and it's amazing to be able to be a part of that. That's awesome. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cuno and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed learning about Tamara and her very unique role at Leader Dog. Please join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. If you'd like to learn more about applying to our free services at LeaderDog, you can head to LeaderDog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at TakingTheLead at LeaderDog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream. This season of the Taking the Lead podcast is brought to you by a longtime supporter of LeaderDog, the Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation. As you may know, generous donors like this one make it possible to achieve our mission. The Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation supports the study of mathematics and mathematics education. For more information about our generous sponsor, visit their website at www.dolcianihalloranfoundation.org.